You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spitting Statistician. And you are listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Big shout-out to everybody listening also live on iHeartRadio, on TuneIn Radio, watching live on our Fantasy Sports Network YouTube stream, and, of course, downloading a little bit later on wherever you get your podcast. The only issue is if you download, you can't listen live and you can't call in. The number to call all hour long is 844-843-6879. You could also get me on Twitter at Spittin' Speeds, at FNTSY Radio. I got my man Chris Bavona, the bounty hunter with me on the ones and twos. We're keeping it so hot that we sweat steam. We got a good show for you on a Monday. We look back at what were the biggest trends that I'm taking away from week two. I update you on all the injuries that happened in week two as well. It is a violent game and there are some key players that will be missing some time moving forward. We'll talk a little bit about how you could react and respond to them. I'm also going to give you my takeaways game by game from week two. And also, we're going to take some time to preview the Monday night football matchup that is getting started in about an hour and a half right here in New York at MetLife Stadium as the Detroit Lions come to town with my man Jim Bob Cooter against these New York football giants, Eli Manning. We're going to find out is Odell Beckham going to play or not tonight? Early reports indicate that, yes, he is going to give it a go. And we also have a poll question up for you right now on Twitter, at Spittin' Speeds. I want to know which diamond in the rough helped you win your Week 2 matchup. Options are Jason Witten, Chris Thompson, who I've been on for a minute, J.J. Nelson, who did big things in Arizona, or was it someone else? And already a lot of people are chiming in. Which player, though, was your fantasy football Fugazi for week two. The guy you really need to forget about. Was it Jordy Nelson who got injured and put up a goose egg on Sunday night football in that matchup that did in fact produce 50 some odd points? Was it Ezekiel Elliott who going up against the Denver Broncos, we thought that was the way they were going to attack them, but no, no, no. They pretty much put all 53 men in the box to try to stop Zeke and it worked. Zeke had his lowest rushing output of his career. Was it Thomas Rawls who you might have thought was going to come on in and be the lead dog for that Seattle committee, but no, it was not. We'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. Like I said, we're going to take away what we can from every game, tell you what was real, what you can count on moving forward, and what was just a flash in the pan and where you should not spend your waiver wire money, things like that as well. And we will take your calls. The number to call is 844-843-6879. And I'm also going to tell you about why the numbers 118 to 110 is should be getting someone fired. If you saw that fight in Vegas on Saturday night, you know what I'm talking about. And you know why that is absolutely ridiculous as part of the outcome for that event on Saturday night. We'll get into that as well. It's your boy Dane Martinez, Seeds the Spitting Statistician. We're dropping stats over beats right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on right back. Phone lines open. 
quarterback to receiver hookups, running back depth analysis, rookie values in dynasty leagues, deep sleepers, training camp battles. These are just a few of the in-depth features you will find inside the 2017 RotoExperts.com Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Plus, you get a full year of in-season coverage as a bonus. Get the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package now at RotoExperts.com. Enter free radio at checkout for your special discount. Back to the Fantasy Freestyle. We're dropping stats over beats right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network with your boy Dane Martinez. We're going to get into the callers in just a second, but we have to get into some news notes and most notably some injuries from week two. If you don't know, now you know because we got to talk about the impacts as well. First of all, we got to start in Carolina where stud tight end Greg Olson is going to be out. It looks like six to eight weeks because he broke his foot in that game against Buffalo yesterday. For Carolina, I think Ed Dixon is kind of the next man up, but I think there's definitely better options on the waiver wire. Tomorrow's show, we'll look into the waiver wire, the top ads, the top drops, tell you if you really need to invest your fab budget in some of those people, if you need to burn your waiver priority for those people. I think there's a number of other tight ends on the wire. Maybe guys like Cameron Brait, you know, as well, that you can get to kind of replace Greg Olson. I got to tell you, though, Greg Olson was one of my tight end fugazes. I told you you needed to forget about him. If you go back to my season preview, when I went position by position, I had Greg Olson as one of my tight end fugazes because I thought that this offense was evolving in a different way to have Cam get the ball out quicker, and I thought that that was not good things for Greg Olson. So if you listen to me then, he was not on your rosters, and you're not looking for a replacement after week two. Staying in Carolina, listen, Cam Newton, man, they want to protect him, but I don't know if that's an easy task. He's got now an ankle issue. He's already still, you know, kind of nursing and coming back from that shoulder. He said himself he does not like the way that he has played in the first couple of weeks, but you know what the antidote to that is? A week three matchup against the New Orleans Saints because both offenses that they have played so far have looked amazing, and I expect Cam Newton to rebound in a big way in week three. Bad news for the Browns. Wide receiver Corey Coleman, it figures like, has a broken hand. It looks like he's going to also have surgery. He also broke a hand last year, this same very injury, okay? So I believe he is now a little bit injury prone. What does that mean for wide receivers with Deshaun Kaiser in Cleveland? A lot of people think that Kenny Britt is the answer. I ne- I don't necessarily. I actually think Kenny Britt is trying to do his best job to like get cut by the team and have them move on altogether. I think, listen, this Rashard Higgins dude who came out and did real well yesterday. I think there is a chance for him to wind up being the leading receiver of the Cleveland Browns this year. I also think that means good things for the rookie tight end David Njoku. I think it means good things for the receiving back like Duke Johnson Jr. as well. Keep an eye on that. Right now, I'm telling you, Rashard Higgins is going to be is one of the highest waiver ads. I also know we got a caller every week that asked me about Josh Gordon. I expect that call to happen at some point this week as well in New Orleans in the Patriots game where Tom Brady looked like he was back Rob Gronkowski left with a groin injury he um he was on the he was on the bike afterwards. They're saying now that it is not expected to be serious, and that is a very good thing for the Patriots. I'm telling you, it is a reminder, though. The, the broadcasters were saying, like, yeah, if, uh, 
if Gronk is out for any amount of time, like where does Tom Brady go? You know, and I think that this attrition is going to get to the Patriots eventually. Danny Amendola out, Julian Edelman out without Gronk as well. We shall see, but it is a reminder to the people who thought the Pats were going to go 16-0 and that anything actually can happen. In Sunday Night Football, which I told you was going to be a shootout, and they put up something like 57 points. I hope you had everybody in that game with the exception of Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson was pulled in the first quarter of Sunday Night Football before he had a catch or a target with a quad injury. He was also on the bike. They're listing him as day-to-day, but that would be an issue, and you saw that Aaron Rodgers was struggling. He was missing both of his starting offensive tackles, and as soon as Jordy Nelson went out, it was a lot of Devontae Adams. It was a lot of Ty Montgomery. Unfortunately, Randall Cobb also left that game for the Packers. That was much later in the game. He's dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury. The biggest news from Week 2 was that Vikings quarterback Sam Bradford did not play, did not dress, was inactive. It wound up being Case Keenum, and that offense looked a lot different. Beat reporters are saying, though, that they expect Sam Bradford to be back for Week 3, although head coach Zimmer is not so sure. He's saying, like, that yes, it was swelling because of a hit. It wasn't any damage to the ligaments. But they're saying, yeah, he could be playing week six, week three. It could be a six-week injury. Zimmer plays close to the vest usually with his uh, updates. So keep an eye out on that. But the offense looked dramatically different without the accuracy and the 80% completion percentage of Sam Bradford. The other thing I want to mention is Jordan Howard, Bears running back Jordan Howard. He was ineffective largely, but he was spotted with his arm in a sling after the game. I think that's even more reason to think that Tarek Cohen is certainly a thing that will continue. They had a shared load regardless, and Cohen is the more dynamic player. All the more reason to think that Tarek Cohen is a Sending. The last thing I want to give you coming out of week two, we go down to Tennessee and exotic smash mouth. The Titans are listing both DeMarco Murray and Corey Davis as day to day with hamstring issues. You saw Derrick Henry have one of his best games as a pro and have the bigger share of the production. But a lot of that was because Murray had a hamstring. Keep an eye on that as we go along into week three. When it comes to Corey Davis, listen. So many opportunities, so many options now in Tennessee. Delaney Walker had the best game, but Eric Decker's still there. Corey Davis as well. And don't forget about Rashard Matthews. But let's keep it moving here on the Fantasy Freestyle. What I want to do is I want to tell you what my biggest takeaways were from week two. And I have five of them that I want to get into right now. It's our top five dead or alive here on the Cypher on the Fantasy Freestyle. The first thing is that... The AFC West is stacked. The AFC West is absolutely stacked. Everybody's darlings, the Oakland Raiders, are already 2-0. and The Kansas City Chiefs look maybe like the most impressive team in the AFC after that week one blowout win against the Patriots. They doubled down at home over a game Eagles team, and Kareem Hunt looks like a big deal. I am getting questions on Twitter right now about, like, I literally had someone ask me Kareem Hunt for Le'Veon Bell. I literally had someone ask me, Kareem Hunt, for Odell Beckham. I think the time is now. If you want to try and get high value, I don't think it's silly to try to trade Kareem Hunt. You could probably get Shady McCoy plus. You could probably get Todd Gurley plus. You could get Carlos Hyde plus. You could get Devontae Freeman plus right now for a guy like Kareem Hunt. And yes, he looked amazing and he has the potential to be a top three back this year. But I don't know. I think eventually things will regress to the mean. But the Chiefs look good. The Raiders look good. 
Denver looks good as well with the whooping they put on the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. That defense continues to be in rare form. And don't sleep. C.J. Anderson is now back healthy. If they have a running game, you know what DTT and Manny Sanders on the on the outside. I believe Trevor Simeon can manage the game well enough with that defense to really do things. And in the AFC West, the Chargers could also be 2-1-0 if they just had a kicker that could put it through the uprights. Young Way Koo, I think, is going to lose his job pretty soon. Had an opportunity to beat the Dolphins with a game-winning kick. Had an opportunity to send that game in week one on Monday night into overtime against the Broncos. He was not able to get it done. But I think the AFC West looks tough against non-division contenders. Another division that I think looks real tough is the NFC South, okay? The NFC South is also good. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons look like they are a scary and sustainable offense that will be a problem for years to come. I thought Kyle Shanahan was going to take some of the oomph out of that offense, but let me tell you something. They look good, and Sarkeesian is scheming it up. You know, Julio Jones is obviously a stud. You got the dual running backs in Freeman and Coleman, but let me tell you something. Mohamed Sanu is a viable wide receiver, too. They didn't even need their tight end, Austin Hooper. They didn't need Tyler Gabriel. That is a stud team. Also, Tampa Bay looked good in their opener. You know, good defensive line play. They um, rode pop quiz, jock quiz, Rodgers. Their new toy, Deshaun Jackson, opens it up a little bit for Mike Evans. As long as Jameis Winston does not turn the ball over, it was a narrative on hard knocks. It'll be a narrative all season long. I like the NFC South as well, and that Carolina defense looks like it is back with a healthy Luke Keekley. Another takeaway I really have is that running back is a young man's hustle. Running back is a young man's hustle. We're seeing all of these new running backs enter the fray, and boy, are they ascending. Whether it's Dalvin Cook, we already talked about Kareem Hunt, Chris Carson in Seattle, who I think has maybe leapfrogged Thomas Rawls and is going to be the back. Eddie Lacy was inactive in that game, and it looks like Carson was the only back who could be effective in Seattle. Leonard Fournette doing this thing. I told you last week about Deontay Foreman in a timeshare now with Lamar Miller down in Houston. Even some Samantha. P. Ryan, we saw. I personally think that new offensive coordinator in Cincinnati, Laser, is going to wind up giving the ball to Joe Mixon and giving it to him a ton. I think young running backs, it is a young man's hustle. I think that is the move. You see it also in Baltimore. Buck Allen getting a lot more work over Terrence West. You're even seeing the guys like Elijah McGuire in New York getting a chance. I think these young running backs are going to do things. Smallwood over guys like LeGarrette Blunt in Philly. Even DeMarc. Um, Derrick Henry growing in Tennessee. I think those are all things that you could look for. I think Frank Gore is the only ageless wonder left in the NFL. I'm telling you, go with the young running back. And that um, keeps me happy about other young running backs who may emerge later on in the season. Go with the youth if you can. When we come back, though, here on the Fantasy Freestyle, what we're going to do is we're going to open up the phone lines. I'm going to take some of your calls. It's an accountability Monday right here on the Fantasy Freestyle. I got some calls lined up. I hope I gave him the right advice so I don't get lambasted going into week three. But we'll see. One way or the other, I'll be here at 844-843-6879 right here on the Fantasy Freestyle. Come on right back. Hunter Henry, Sterling Shepard, Michael Thomas. These three NFL sophomores are not due to slump. They're due to break out. Just like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. In year two, things are only getting better. Make sure to listen live and download the app, FNTSY Radio. It's free and it's 24-7. The best fantasy sports content is on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's your boy Dane Martinez holding you down on a Monday. We're about an hour to go until Monday Night Football. Giants and Lions going to be getting it going from MetLife Stadium. I want to real quickly let you know that Odell Beckham is in fact active for Monday Night Football. They were worried about that ankle. He is active. I don't know though. I think he could be a decoy, but you got to put him in your lineups if you have Odell Beckham. You got to start your studs. However, Janoris Jenkins and middle linebacker BJ Goodson are out. And I think that could mean some interesting things for Lions tight end Eric Ebron and Golden Tate as well if Janoris Jenkins is not on him. I do want to get to the phone lines here in this segment of Fantasy Freestyle. We got a couple of callers on the line. Let's get it started right now. Going into week three with Paulie T in Eastchester. Hey, Paulie, you're dropping stats over beats. You're on the Fantasy Freestyle. How you doing? You uh, 2-0, 1-1? How you doing? How can we help? Well, I'm 1-1, I'm one one, but I'm okay. All right, um, all right. Hey, thanks again, for ta- thanks again for taking my call. I'm in a 12-man PBR league, and uh, props for uh, last week uh, recommending E. Sanders and Devontae Adams and sitting cup. Um, but this week, I don't like Howard in a swing. I don't like it. I don't like seeing a sling public right. at all. And I'm a little soft on my bench, and I know how you feel about T. West, so I have T. West and Carson, so my question is who to go with. And I'm stronger in wide receivers. I should probably be looking for an RB. Uh, thanks for the call, and I'm glad that we helped you out last week. I did tell you to fade Cup in that situation. I like Devontae Parker. He went over the top, tried to help you out. Um, Carson is real, man. I think Carson is going to be the lead back for the Seattle Seahawks. Listen, Thomas Rawls, I, I, I thought Thomas Rawls was going to be that role. It was clear by the second half of that game yesterday that they believe in Chris Carson. They wanted to see uh, what this kid could do, and if you heard me at the top of the show, I think this is evolving. The running back position is a young man's game. When all things are created equal, they're going to go with the young kid. I think in your case, that is Carson Pauly. So I'm okay rolling with Carson for now. And remember, you know, it's 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 matchup kind of dependent a little bit, right? They were playing the 49ers and they're a real bad run defense. But I do think that Carson is the Seattle back to own. So I would be okay with that. Feel free to call me back a little bit later on in the week and we could tweak your lineup for week three. But I'm glad I was able to help you out a little bit last week we got another call right now it is uh i think we have steve in massachusetts i remember steve in massachusetts from earlier in the week hope i was able to help him out week two and he's not yelling at me but steve you're dropping stats over beach you're on the fantasy freestyle what's up hey what's going on oh no i'm not yelling at you man i i mean uh it, it, it has to come down to my my players uh you know doing their job uh i'm one and one okay. uh it looked like russell wilson had a good matchup but Man, that offensive line is bad. Yeah. When he had time to throw the ball, his guys can't even catch the ball. Yeah, it's going to be a problem all year long. I don't know if you heard me at the top of the show, Steve, but I think these teams with bad offensive lines, that's not something like if you lose a wide receiver, you know, they have that next man up kind of thing. You lose a running back, it's next man up. You can't do that. There's no, like, next five men up. So these offensive line teams, it is a problem, whether it's Cincinnati, whether it's Seattle. I also think, unfortunately, the New York football giants fit into that category as well, and we're going to see that tonight. But how can I help you going forward, Steve? I had a question, and uh, I'll try not to take much of your time. Sorry. It, uh, two, well, it's about two play. It's about two players because uh, it was going to be about one, but I just found out that this guy might be inactive too. It was about Timmy Graham. 
Uh, I remember you talked about Greg Olson. I didn't try grabbing this guy. Uh, guys like Matthew Barry and all these other dudes saying that this guy might be a top five tight end, so maybe somewhere down the road it'll turn around for him. But he's already out for week three, and uh, depending on if Odell Beckham uh, has, like, uh, magic in the Meadowlands, maybe I can actually come back and win because I'm only down, like, 30 points. But I don't see that happening. Um, sh- should I just, like, try to pick up, like, a- another tight end? Like, who do you recommend? And also, uh, real quick, uh, John Brown, uh, it doesn't look like he's going to be playing week three either. He was just more of, like, a depth guy. I mean, I have, like, Zay Jones, too. Uh, sh- should I maybe give, like, that kid from uh, Cleveland a look? Or, uh, like, like who like who are some of the guys that you, you recommend? Because I'm not sure where I'm going to be as far as, like, the waiver claim. Maybe right. I'll be one or somewhere around there. Okay. Fair enough. So, yeah, okay, thanks for the call. We're going to try and help you out. On the tight end side, okay, if you lost Greg Olson or if you're down on a guy like Jimmy Graham, which I understand, okay, there's going to be some opportunities out there. Two guys that I think could be okay for you. But remember, call back in later in the week after waiver wires is run and you know who's an op- who you have the opportunity to grab, and I'll let you know more specifically. But two guys that I could think about right now would be, think about Jason Witten. Jason Witten is owned in two-thirds of leagues. That means right now in 30 33% of leagues, you can get Jason Witten. Jason Witten has done something like 11 targets a game. I think that's going to kind of continue as teams follow the Denver Blueprint and try to stack the box against Ezekiel Elliott. I think Dak is going to have to go to a security blanket of Jason Witten a little bit more. The other guy I'll give you is what about Cameron Brait in Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay had their first game, and remember, he didn't even really perform that great. Him and O.J. Howard, I think, only combined for like three catches but the game flow was such they were killing the Chicago Bears they were building you know they had such a big lead that they were just running the ball as they get more competitive I think these Tampa Bay tight ends will uh, be valuable on the wide receiver side you talked about Smokey uh, John Brown who's out his replacement down there in Arizona was J.J. Nelson but I am not on J.J. Nelson long term let me make that clear to you man I am not on J.J. Nelson why because I am not on Carson Palmer and this Arizona offense. Let me tell you something. The Arizona offense against the dumpster fire that were the Indianapolis Colts needed almost, you know, needed more than four quarters to get to 16 points. That is a very concerning sign for them moving forward. I will say this, though, that this guy, um, on Cleveland, who it was, it was uh, Rashard Higgins. Rashard Higgins, I do think, has the potential to be one of the uh, better wide receivers for the Cleveland Browns and even maybe lead them in catches and targets with this injury to Corey Coleman and because Kenny Britt is not really doing anything. So when waiver wires run and who's available, call him on back and let me know. But I'm going to give you Witten and Brait at tight end and maybe Rashard Higgins at wide receiver from the Cleveland Browns. Up next on the phones is my man Taco and Alan. Alabama. How you doing, Taco? Coming back. Uh, how did we do last week, man? Uh, we're one and one now. I, it, not your fault. The, <laughs> the plays you told me were good. It was it was Zeke yeah. and it was fit. Listen, and we can't do anything my- about Zeke, right? I mean, who knew? I really thought yeah. that Zeke was going to be the focal point for Dallas because of the cornerbacks and the secondary for Denver. I think a lot of people got surprised by Zeke Elliott's poor output. Um, and Fitzgerald, like I said, this Arizona offense is going to be a problem all season long. But what do we got moving forward, man? Well, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you about Fitz, if it's, uh, if it's you think it's time to trade him. And also... Uh, I'm wondering how you think Cousins and my, it's a two quarterback league, one and a half point PPR. 
and my two main quarterbacks are Cousins and Mariota, and I've got Goff on the bench, and he was better than Cousins and Mariota this week. Right, right. So let me go one at a time for you. Okay, let me go one at a time for you, Taco. First of all, yes, when it comes to Larry Fitzgerald, I do think it's uh, I do think it's time to explore the trade market. Okay, I wouldn't I wouldn't drop him. I wouldn't outright drop him. But here's the thing, especially with guys like Larry Fitzgerald, especially with these other guys who have quote unquote name value. Okay, sometimes other people in your league are gonna wax poetic and be nostalgic about what this guy was. But if you ever listen to Denny Green, it's like we are who we thought they were. You know. Um, I don't think Fitzy is ready to um, really be that guy this year, okay? He was able to be that guy in the passing game for the Cardinals when they had David Johnson in the run game, when Carson Palmer was still performing, when they had other options. But him as like the only kind of option I think will be keyed in on by defenses, and I don't think that you know the, the poor efforts that this Cardinals offense is doing is going to change. And remember, they got some defenses in that division also. They're going to face the Seattle defense twice. They're going to face the Rams defense twice. I do, in fact, believe it is time to maybe consider if you can uh, flip Fitzgerald in the trade market. You talked about your quarterbacks, and I believe they were Cousins, Mariota, and Goff. Let me tell you about the way I would play this moving forward. I think, uh, Taco, week three is going to be the critical week for you. I get that Goff outperformed Mariota and Cousins, but I would not uh, start Goff this week. And here's why. They're on Thursday night football this week. Okay, and they're on the road in Thursday night football. I always think that there's bad, low-scoring games on Thursday night football. The teams don't have enough time to recover or to prepare, and especially for the road team. And I think that's the environment Jared Goff is going into. So I would not have him above Mariota or Cousins in Week 3. And because Cousins is playing Sunday night football at home against the Oakland Raiders. And the Oakland Raiders' pass defense can be had. So I think you stick with Cousins and Mariota going into Week 3. However, if Cousins... Cousins can't do it this week against the Oakland Raiders coming up, then I sound the alarm and I think you look to find other options. But again, Taco, thank you for the call. Uh, Chris, do we have time for one more one more caller? We don't. So Josh in New Jersey, I'm going to get to you. Isaiah and Callie, I'm going to get to you when we come back on the Fantasy Freestyle. But I do want to tell you something. One thing you did could have done was listen to my lock of the week I had the Cardinals and the Colts and the underplay okay because I knew I was not believing in that Cardinals offense I knew there was no production in that Colts offense the over under there was 45 and a half I pounded that under and I doubled my money where you ask over on mybookie.ag I love their reputation it's rock solid they pay out real quick and if you sign up right now and use the promo code freestyle they will help you out with a hundred percent match bonus you just tell them your boy's Spit and Speed sent you, and, uh, you know, they'll help you out. And then all these picks we're giving you, you can go on over to mybookie.ag and win that cash. When we come back, we're going to take care of some of your phone calls. We're going to still preview uh, Monday Night Football, and we're going to talk about what took place in Vegas with that Triple G Canelo Alvarez fight. Because on the one hand, I think it delivered. On the other hand, I left with a bad taste in my mouth. All that and more when we come back, dropping stats over beats on the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Let's go. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. 
just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My man, Chris Pavona, the bouncy killer, helping us out on the ones and twos, keeping it so hot that we sweat steam, giving you a little 10-crack commandment from Biggie as we drop stats over beats right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I mentioned that we got a poll question up right now. One of the questions I asked you guys is, which fantasy football diamond in the rough helped you win your Week 2 matchup? My options were Jason Witten, Chris Thompson, and J.J. Nelson. And right now, 40% of you say J.J. Nelson, who was only owned by 20% of people in season-long leagues. I'm telling you, he popped off yesterday, but that was against that Colts pass defense. I do not like him, despite the fact that he'll be one of the biggest waiver ads, I believe, this week. I do not think he is in the long run. If you had him in DFS and it popped off for you, great. But also, 35% of you are saying other, so I want to know who helped you. Shout out to Mark Bishop on Twitter who says Fleener's late TD. And then a lot of people are saying Michael Crabtree, not one, not two, but I think he had three touchdowns yesterday against the pitiful Jets. And let me tell you something. If you go back to my season previews when I was going team by team, I told you that I believe Michael Crabtree is actually a better wide receiver and will have more production than Amari Cooper. I was worried about Amari Cooper dropping the ball, and I think that um, – the hate went too far on Michael Crabtree. So I'm glad that people are on him. But if you listen to Spitting Speeds, I was on him a long time ago. A long time ago. We got some callers still out there. I think we only got two more callers left. So let me uh, help them out real quick, and then we'll keep it moving on to Fantasy Freestyle. Our next caller is Josh in New Jersey. It looks like Josh in New Jersey has Marcus Mariota, and he's got a question on if he should move him or not. Josh, you're on the Fantasy Freestyle. What's going on? Yeah, so um, I actually had two questions. All right. So, so I know Mariota is really not doing too hot, and it looks like his schedule is actually getting harder. So, it was it, it was a trade question. So, yep. would it make sense to do uh, like Mariota and Hill for uh, Matt Ryan and Kelvin Benjamin? Also, because Kelvin Benjamin, uh, I know Greg Olson is going to be out for some time. So, interesting, um, interesting. Uh, when Hill, you mean Tyreek Hill? Yeah. All right. So here's the thing. Um, I think that's interesting. Okay. I think, first of all, Matt Ryan really showed up yesterday. Okay. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something. I used to be of the mindset that Matt Ryan kind of needed Kyle Shanahan, that he's a guy who like peaks early and then fades. I'm telling you, this Falcons offense is sustainable and serious. So I like that. And then when you talk about Tyreek Hill, listen, Tyreek Hill had a streak of something like six games in a row with a 60 plus yard touchdown, but it does in fact look like the Chiefs offense, now that they have Kareem Hunt and, you know, they force feed Travis Kelsey, who I believe is the number one tight end in all of the NFL, yes including Rob Gronkowski. That being said, I like your idea of Kelvin Benjamin, especially with no Greg Olson. So that being said, if you have that offer on the table, I I like the Ryan and Ben and KB side. So yes, I would do that. I think that you're on to something. Kelvin Benjamin ascending, especially with the Greg Olson, and I think that Ryan was ahead of Mariota for me anyway. Tyreek Hill, I still think Tyreek Hill is a viable like wide out too. Um, 
but I think Kelvin Benjamin is in that same place. I think the big boost for you there would be getting Matt Ryan, who could win your week every single week. So I hope that helps you, Josh in New Jersey, and thanks for the call. My last call so far tonight is Isaiah in Cali. It says, Isaiah, it sounds like you got a question about Derek Henry, Keenan Allen, and some guys like that. Isaiah out there on the West Coast, you're uh, dropping stats over beats on the Fantasy Freestyle. What's up? Um, it was Buck Allen. Ah. Buck Allen. I was wondering if I should use my – I have the number one claim in a 10-team standard, and I was wondering if I should use my number one on Derrick Henry or Buck Allen this week or save it. Interesting. Um, so I got a question back for you. Like, where? what running backs do you have now? Are you actually thirsty for running backs? Um, I have Zeke, Todd Gurley, Pop Quiz, Jock Quiz, and Chris Carson. First of all, first of all, thank you. You clearly listened to the show. I love that what you're doing there, Isaiah, with my man Pop Quiz, Jacquez Rogers. And he looked pretty good yesterday, too. Here's the thing. Zeke and Gurley are the guys you're going to run out week by week, right? So you're good there. The only thing I don't like about Pop Quiz now is the time you're really going to need Pop Quiz is when Zeke and Gurley are on the buys. And by the time that happens, Pop Quiz may not be the starting running back anymore in Tampa, right? So I think for the buys, you may need someone like that. Who was your fourth running back real quick, Isaiah? Sorry, I didn't get it. It was Zeke, Gurley, Rogers, and who? Uh, Chris Carson. I picked him up, Ooh. and I, I picked up uh, Buck Allen last week, but I dropped him for Chris Carson before the matchup started. Yeah, I love the Carson. I think Carson has leapfrogged uh, Thomas Rawls, has leapfrogged Eddie Lacy. So I think that Carson becomes your fill-in when the Rams are on by and when the Cowboys are on by. I don't have both of their schedules in front of me right now. If Gurley and Zeke, let me see, let me see. If Gurley and Zeke don't share a buy, then I think you're you're able to put Carson in. In there, I think you're able to put Carson in there for Zeke and for Gurley when you need it. Zeke's buy is week six. Gurley's buy is week eight. So you're okay there. But when it comes to like, should you actually take um, Buck Allen? Or Derrick Henry. I like Allen over Henry, okay? I think the reason Henry had such a great day yesterday, don't get me wrong, he is ascending, but DeMarco Murray was dealing with a hamstring injury. When he's there, I think he is still the lead back in Tennessee. Buck Allen, on the other hand, could take the job from Terrence West. If you listen to the show, and clearly you do because you know about my man Pop Quiz, Jock Quiz Rogers, I've been saying for a while that I think uh, Terrence West is just a guy. And so if you wanted to use him, I would go Buck Allen over Derrick Henry, but to tell you the truth, I don't. If you're the number one waiver ad right now, I personally would save it. I would personally save it um, because you have Carson, who already kind of blew up for you. You have Pop Quiz as well. I I like to hold on. If you're at the top of the uh, priority list, I like holding that for things like if someone I really have on my team that I depend on goes down, that's when I like to use it, not just to kind of bolster. Your running back situation is okay, Isaiah, so I think you're okay. I personally would wait, but if you want to use it right now, I go Buck Allen over Derek Henry. But thanks for the call, and thanks for listening all the time because of my man pop quiz jock quiz rogers all right let's keep it moving here let me first talk to you guys about um what i think is going to happen tonight i'm worried about the giants okay i liken the giants to some of these other teams that really showed like they had poor offensive lines in week one and then you waited for week two to see if it was going to get better the seattle seahawks for example seattle 
looked like a dumpster fire with their offensive line in week one in Lambeau Field, right? And you were like, oh, they'll be home. They're against a bad defense in San Francisco. What happened? Same exact thing. They struggled even with a poor defense doing any kind of production, and Russell Wilson continued to run for his life. I submit... The Cincinnati Bengals, who, you know, they got rocked by the Ravens in week one, but you were like, oh, now they have another week to plan. They understand what they're dealing with. Let's see. Nope. It looked the exact same, and it caused a mutiny in Cincinnati, and the man, Ken Zampezi, lost his job. Okay? We talk about the Indianapolis Colts. It's like, um... Maybe they'll be better in their home opener. Nope. It still looked the same. We talk about the Buffalo Bills. Maybe they'll look better. Nope. It looked the same. They got 176 total yards. I am in, I fear that even with Odell Beckham, the Giants are in that category. I think their tackles are poor, and I think Eli Manning is sort of on the same route as Carson Palmer, an aging quarterback who is fading, has hit that age where he's not going to get any better, and without offensive line to support him, I am worried about the New York football Giants, okay? I understand that Odell Beckham is there, and to be honest, last year, their offense, the Giants' offense, was was slant to Odell for seven yards, and then he takes it another 70 to the house. I don't know if on a bad ankle he's going to be dynamic to be able to do that, uh, certainly this week. I am worried about the New York football giants tonight. Similarly, like how we were saying with some teams, if they can't do it then, when are they going to do it? If this team cannot score at home on Monday night football, coming back with a crowd that is still in support of them for against this Detroit Lions pass defense, I would be very concerned moving forward about all of my Giants. The one thing I'll tell you also about this game and uh, on the Giants side, I told you about it at the beginning of the year. I told you about it when I previewed the Giants. I told you that the back to own for the Giants, if any, is Shane Vereen, especially in PPR formats. Paul Perkins looked like dog meat, okay? Orleans Darkwa looked like a dumpster fire. And if I'm right, and the Giants are going to be down and are going to be having to kind of uh, inspire their offense, I think they're going to be in the no huddle. I think they're going to be in the shotgun. I think Shane Vereen is on the field for most of that time. On the Detroit side, let me tell you something. Get Eric Ebron in your DFS lineups right now. Okay, the Giants' secondary is strong, but the Giants are notably and historically bad against the tight end. Their linebackers are not there, and then B.J. Goodson has also been ruled out. So that means, to me, there will be open space in the middle of the field. I think Eric Ebron is the guy that can claim it. I would be remiss if I didn't give one more shout-out, though. You know what also happened in Week 2? I want to tip my cap to Mr. Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates, who had his 112th career touchdown reception. That is a new record for tight end. He's a now um, sixth all time behind only Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Chris Carter, and Marvin Harrison um, in all NFL history in reception touchdowns. Shout out to Antonio Gates. I will also say this. I think this now completely ushers in the era of 
Hunter Henry. I think they were trying to get Gates that touchdown. They got him now. I think the new era begins. Hunter Henry had a much better week two, much better than the zero targets he had in week one. When we come back on Fantasy Freestyle, we're going to look at your poll about the Fugazis that you had in week two, and I'm going to tell you my thoughts about what took place in the desert on Saturday night between Triple G and Canelo Alvarez. We're dropping stats over beats. It is the Fantasy Freestyle right before Monday night football. Odell Beckham is playing I think he's going to be a decoy. We'll find out. We're dropping stats over beats. That's the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Let's go. Fantasy Freestyle. Running back is a young man's hustle. We're seeing all of these new running backs enter the fray, and boy, are they ascending. Whether it's Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, Chris Carson in Seattle, who I think has maybe leapfrogged Thomas Rawls, Leonard Fournette doing this thing. I told you last week about Deontay Foreman, even some Samaji Pirine. We saw Joe Mixon, Buck Allen getting a lot more work over Terrence West, Derek Henry growing in Tennessee. Young running backs. It is a young man's hustle. Weekdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Get money. That's what we do here on the Fantasy Freestyle and on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We help you get money like our name was Junior Mafia. Yeah, we're getting in. Monday Night Football is going to start in about half an hour. Uh, Odell Beckham is, in fact, active. My man Gabe Morris, he's calling him Beyonce, though, after his dance-off last week. We'll see if he has the moves on the field. I told you we had a poll question up there. Also, I asked you which uh, was a fugazi that undermined you. The choices were Jordy Nelson, Thomas Rawls, 47% of you went with Ezekiel Elliott. Man, we got a lot of people like Mark Gump out there on Twitter. said hey, he had Nelson and Elliott uh, at Tone Zach on Twitter says he had Brandon Cook. Someone else, Carlos L. had Brandon Cooks saying so much for that revenge game theory, right? And then other people like Fitz, like Shady, like Zeke Elliott we talked about, Jordy Nelson, and even Clayton Trahan who's always answering and says, my man, boom, boom, Bilal, pow, pow. I'm worried about Powell too. We're going to be talking about him tomorrow when we talk about the most added and the most dropped players. But if you didn't do so well and one of these guys were full gate for you, I'm going to tell you how to bounce right back. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is partnering with DKMS, okay? We're doing a great thing. You can go to DailyRoto.com. You can go to RotoExperts.com slash DKMS. Every week of the NFL season, you can enter a free daily fantasy contest, okay? If you win any of the weeks, weeks 1 through 16, you get entered with 16 winners. You only got to beat 15 other lineups then in week 17. And if you win in week 17, you can win two tickets to Super Bowl 52 in Minnesota in early February. I think it's amazing. And you also, in the process, you get to learn a little bit more about how you can help us team up with DKMS, maybe be a blood donor, maybe be a match, and help fight blood cancer. The last thing I want to mention before we head on out and Red Heat and Rage, I know they're going to talk about it as well, is, yo, Adelaide Bird in Las Vegas. This is the judge who scored that bout 118 to 110 for Canelo Alvarez. I had it seven rounds to five, Triple G. I had it 115, 113, but I'll tell you, I can understand the range being 8-4, Triple G, 7-5, Triple G, 6-6 draw, or even 7-5 Canelo. I understand that, but it was completely ridiculous to think 10 rounds to two, Canelo Alvarez won that fight. Triple G was what I call walking the dog, pushing him into the corner, 
there and controlling the action, forcing the action. When they were in the bit middle of the ring, Canelo had some sharp, good power shots. But I'm telling you, uh, Triple G, Gennady Golovin controlled the fight. And I'm watching it with my boys. As soon as they said the first scorecard was 118-110 for, for Canelo, I knew right away that the fix was in. Maybe a lot of people had the draw at like, I think it was something like 18 to 1 or 16 to 1 for the draw. And here's the thing I thought it was a good fight. I would have wanted to see a rematch of this fight. But now the way it went down, when it feels like corruption, when it feels like there was something behind it, I left with such a bad taste in my mouth. I thought it was dirty. I felt uncomfortable. If Adelaide Bird had it 115-113 for Canelo, I would have accepted the draw. I thought Triple G won because he was peppering him with the jab all night long, and he was kind of walking him in, backing him down up against the ropes. But I'll tell you this. If they have a rematch, it better be soon because Triple G, I think, is getting a little bit older. You could see that happening, and Canelo is still in his prime. Let me tell you what's going to happen. You want me to call my shot? You want me to be Nostradamus over here? The rematch will happen when? Saturday, May 5th. 2018 it will be Cinco de Mayo it'll be in Vegas again and everybody will be celebrating their Mexican heritage I just hope Adelaide Bird is not one of the three judges in attendance I'm telling you that Canelo did not win that fight it was a close fight but Gennady Golovkin won by a small margin and he was showing me he was the best pound for pound fighter in the world when we come back tomorrow on the fantasy freestyle we're going to talk waiver wire ads biggest drops we're going to break down if I'm right and this Giants offense is in peril with this offensive line all that and more come on back tomorrow with the fantasy freestyle right here on the fantasy sports radio network we'll take your calls waiver wire ads we'll help you get a win in your league next week Come on right back. I'll see you tomorrow, guys. Peace.